It's, uh, it is great to welcome Janet and Alan with us today from New Hope Baptist Church in Blackburn. And uh, yesterday, as I said, we were privileged, uh, numbers of leaders, to be able to sit under some of Alan's teaching. And uh, it, was just, it was a terrific time as a leadership group to get together, but also to have Alan with us. So, uh, Alan, thanks for that again. Uh, one of the things that Alan has done is he's written a book, Following Jesus. My encouragement, because I've read it, would be for you to be able to buy it as well. And uh, you can purchase that uh, after the service if you like. There's no pressure. Um, but if you'd like to purchase that, it's available at the, in the foyer for $20 after the service. But Alan, it's great to have you. i uh, love you to uh, come and uh, share with us uh, this morning. Thanks very much, Tim. And good morning. It's a wonderful privilege to be with you here at uh, Kilsyth South Baptist Church. Uh, this is a fantastic church. It has an amazing history and a wonderful uh, expression of the witness of Jesus in the Baptist family. I serve a Baptist church called New Hope Baptist Church, not far from here, part of the same family, part of the same mission, part of the same journey together. Uh, if you're listening to me and trying to figure out what is that accent, uh, I am Canadian-born, have lived in Australia with my family. Ruth's family is full of men. My family is full of women. Uh, Janet and three daughters, myself, moved here in 1995, and Australia is our home. We have become Australian citizens and given our heart to this uh, nation as it has given so many blessings to us and uh, seek to serve Jesus in this country of Australia. I want to talk to you this morning about the art of following the art of following, and what it means to follow Jesus very practically. Has anybody asked you recently what I think is one of the most important questions that you can be asked, one of the most important um, things to think about and inquire after? Has anybody asked you recently, who are you following? Have they noticed something that you've said? Have they noticed something you've been involved in? Have they noticed some way in which you've responded and said to you, who are you following? Now, it's not a question that we get asked very often. You might be asked that if you're in the social media, if you have some Facebook, you know, who do you follow? Or you might be asked that relative to sport, who do you follow? But very rarely does anyone ask you, who do you follow? When they watch your behavior or when they consider your, your choices in life, and yet it's such an important question. You're about to make a big career decision. Well, just before you do, push pause and ask yourself, who am I following right now? You're following a train of thought. There's something emerging. You're about to make a comment. Push pause and ask yourself, who am I following right now? I reckon one of the most powerful things we can do as those who would be Christians living out this witness and this calling that God has embraced us with a powerful action is to push pause often and ask ourselves, who am I following right now? I'd like to read to you from Mark's Gospel, chapter 1. And uh, these are words that, uh, uh, the, the story of Jesus' invitation to some young adults who became a part of his discipleship group and a part of the foundations of the church uh, whose life and story shapes our life and story. The Gospel of Mark, if you have your Bible, you can turn to chapter 1, verse 14, where I'll read 
from, uh, from God's word this morning. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out uh, to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. As they went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath day came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by a, an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, what is this? A new teaching and with authority. He gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. This is a very early story, right at the beginning of the Gospels, right at the front end of Mark's account of the life of Jesus. And in this story, we see Jesus reaching out to uh, some young men and calling these men to follow him as disciples. And we see the stir that Jesus begins to, to create in community. And we see the impact of this person, Jesus. That invitation to those young men is an invitation that has cascaded down through history. And it is an invitation to all of us today to follow Jesus. Jesus wants to lead us. He wants to be front and center in our emotions, in our thinking, and in our actions. And as he leads us, he, he can lead us to places where our lives are full, where our experiences are abundant, and where our faithfulness to God and God's mission is aligned and fruitful. When was the last time you pushed pause and said to yourself, who am I following right now? It's such a powerful reflective moment, such a powerful personal action. And I want to talk about three domains this morning where we need someone to lead us. You know, when we push pause and say, right now, these emotions, these thoughts of mine, these actions that I'm involved in, who is leading me right now? These thoughts jumble around in my head. Who's leading me? These emotions that I feel, who's leading me? These actions that I engage in, who's leading me? Because somebody's leading. We'll start with emotions. We're always being led, and here's the myth of the 21st century. Nobody's leading me. 
I think for myself. I make my own decisions. I'm in control of my feelings, my thoughts, my actions. Really? Really? Is that really true? We are so intertwined relationally, so inter, in, interconnected in so many different ways that we are carried along by culture. We are carried along by the backstory of what's influenced our lives, carried along in so many ways, and yet created, created to pay attention to God and to follow His way. So Jesus appears on planet Earth, and He says, follow me. Follow me. I will show you how to live this life and take you on a journey. Follow me. Let's talk about emotions, these emotions, these feelings, all this roiling, bubbling, boiling experience of feelings that are in me, sometimes full of joy, sometimes full of fear, sometimes angst, sometimes blessing, sometimes confusion. We are emotional beings and full of feeling. What's leading you in that space? What's taking the lead? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Jesus of Nazareth leans into your life this morning and he says, follow me, follow me. I want to lead you. I want to lead you. Here's one of the problems with our world. It is full of bullies and sheep. Have you noticed? The world is full of bullies and sheep. And the scriptures say that we're all sheep-like. I, I don't want to draw a line through the population and say there's bullies on one side and sheep on another. I, I want to draw a line through each of our hearts and say there's a bit of bully and there's a bit of sheep in all of us. And sometimes that bully, it just, it just raises its ugliness and we all feel the fear and the anxiety. And sometimes that sheep-like tendency, it just propels us and takes over and we feel so vulnerable and we feel so crushed and we feel so weak. The, the world is full of bullies and sheep and you don't need to look hard or study long to see it. The world is full of bullies and sheep, and the scripture says that we're all sheep-like in that we wander and we get lost and we, 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 we go our own way. There was a story in the media a few years ago about a sheep that uh, wandered off, and the shepherds were all having their lunch and not, not paying close attention, and this one sheep went right up to the cliff's face and jumped over, and another sheep saw it, did the same thing. And within seconds, the whole herd went over the precipice before the shepherds could even get up from their lunch to do anything about it. Because sheep, well, they just, they're just sheep. And they chase around following each other. And if you were to tap one of them on the shoulder and say, excuse me, who are you following? I'm, I don't know I'm following. I'm just following. And they follow the crowd. And there's something of that in all of us, the scriptures say. There's something of that in us. We, 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 we see the commotion and we rush toward it. We see the, the confusion and, and we're caught up in it. And before you know it, we're all feeling the same kind of emotions and anxieties and worries and fears. And You know that breaks Jesus' heart? There was a moment when he took his disciples. He wanted to get away and have a bit of a, bit of a break. And they crossed the sea and they found this crowd of people there. And the crowd of people were, as Jesus describes them, helpless and harassed because they had no shepherd, because they were sheep without 
a shepherd. Do you know who Jesus wants to be for you this morning? He wants to be the good shepherd. He wants to shepherd your emotions. He wants to lead that part of you that is so sheep-like. One of the reasons why we find it difficult to think about following and to really give our hearts and lives fully to Jesus is because our, wo- our world is full of bullies. And when you say to somebody, you need to follow, people tend to react and say, no, 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 there are bullies. I need to protect myself. Jesus will never bully you. He is the good shepherd who knows your heart and your deepest yearnings. And he will shepherd you and care for you and walk with you. If you can root that idea, if I can root that idea in my heart, it affects many things. Do you ever listen to the news and feel the anxieties rising? Do you ever lean into what's going on in our world and think, my Lord and my God, help us. We, we are in such strife. You have a good shepherd who wants to step into those emotions and lead you. It's fascinating that whenever the power of God turns up in the world, do you know what the first thing that's often spoken is? Be not afraid. If it's an angel, if it's Jesus bursting through a locked door, standing in front of his disciples, where we see the power of God in the world, we are told again and again, don't be fearful. Jesus says, my peace be with you. The good shepherd wants to replace our anxiety with God's wholesome and beautiful peace. So, when you're rushing through life, when you're about to make a decision, when you're, when you're pressing out of your house first thing in the morning, rushing off to school or off to work, push pause and ask this question. Who am I following right now? As you feel emotions rise, as you feel anxieties and the busyness and the, and the frustrations and just all the stuff of life, the boiling emotions, push pause and ask, who am I following right now? And know this, you have a good shepherd. You have a good shepherd who wants to lead you. He knows the helplessness that you feel when you face the anxieties of our culture. And he knows the harassedness. You know, the 21st century, we often think, gee, things are bad. And we're so busy. Don't you think it's interesting that Jesus confronted this crowd 2,000 years ago and what he saw was people who were harassed and helpless. People who were too busy and, and too worried about all things. Never changes. Never changes because it's the same dark thoughts and powers and evil and brokenness that wants to lead our world and will lead you and the sheepiness in you as quick as you let it. And Jesus says, follow me. I am a good shepherd. Let me lead your emotions. Let me lead your thoughts. Let me lead you to a place of peace. Our our emotions are often caught up with our thinking. Push pause and ask yourself, who am I following right now? These emotions, these thoughts, these actions. Who am I following right now? Let's talk about that second domain of thinking. Of thinking. Because Jesus wants to lead your thinking. Sometimes we get uh, a little bit befuddled. The notion of following, does that mean that I just... I mean, I, I just lose my identity and, and, and just acquiesce to someone else. Like, if I'm a follower, aren't I supposed to be an individual? You know, I, wouldn't it be better to be a leader? Wherever you're called to lead, by all means, lead. But have you ever thought about the fact that we spend most of our time following? Even great leaders need to know how to follow. 
The most dangerous leader in the world is one who doesn't know how to follow. The most dangerous leader in the world is one who thinks they're leading all the time. No, they're ignorant about most things and need to follow a good deal of the time. Nothing worse than a person who has a PhD in one field and thinks they know everything about all fields, yeah? The reality is we're following most of the time. So we need to work on what it means to follow. And we need to know who we're following and we need to follow wisely. We need to follow when it comes to thinking. So when Jesus confronted that crowd, they were helpless. They were harassed. They were like sheep without a shepherd. He leans in as a good shepherd to lead them, to give them shalom, the deep peace of God's love and to take hold of that emotional lostness and leads them. And do you know, what, you know what it says, the text says, the first thing that he did? It says he saw that they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd, and so he taught them many things. Sheep need a shepherd, but do you know what the good shepherd needs? Students. He flips the metaphor. The, the, the good shepherd isn't looking for sheep to bully. The good shepherd is looking to take his sheep from sheep-likeness to student attitude, involvement, thoughtfulness, engagement. That's why the good shepherd is also the great teacher. He is the great teacher. And you need to be led by a great teacher who will impact your thinking and shape your journey and involve himself in your thought life. Jesus doesn't want to be the new bully on the block. That would be so wrong. That would be so empty. That would be so pointless. The world doesn't need another bully. Jesus is a good shepherd who will lead you and impact that whole world of emotion, but he is a good teacher who will engage your thought life. Jesus doesn't want disciples who never ask questions. Jesus wants disciples who ask questions, who think, who dialogue, who engage, who involve themselves in deep thinking. You know, this whole thing of followership has actually been researched by a few academics. And uh, there's a man by the name of Robert Kelly who did some very interesting work. He's at um, Carnegie Mellon uh, uh, Institute. And he did some really interesting work on followership. And he makes the point, there's all kinds of study about leadership, but most of us are following most of the time. Let's think about followership. And he did some research. He, he, he looked at people, and he, he's got five categories of the ways in which people follow. And his fifth category are star followers. How many of you this morning want to be star followers of Jesus? Not, not, not those lower ranks, you know, but star followers. And he, he pushed into this space, did a, did a bit of research, and, and he's come up with this, this rather interesting notion, which I think applies quite powerfully to Christian discipleship. The lowest level of followers he calls sheep. They don't think. They don't ask questions. They don't engage in a fruitful following. They aren't fruitful in their discipleship. They just, they just follow the crowd. They just, they just go. They don't really ask any questions. They don't really you know, explore any issues. They're just sheep. He calls them passive. And he says that sheep need to be prodded. He's doing his work and in thinking in industry, in business, in politics, in education. He's doing his work and thinking about all the places where people engage together. 
And he's asking us to do what Jesus is asking us to do, what I'm asking you to do. Push pause and reflect on your life and these emotions, these thoughts, these actions. What's going on here? Who's calling the shots here? How, how am I living my life in this world? And as Christians, where's Jesus? Am I letting him lead as the good teacher? Let me give you Robert Kelly's other points. He says there are sheep. And they, they need to be prodded. They're just absolutely passive. Then he says there are yes people. That's the second category. They're conformists. They don't ask questions, but you don't need to prod them. Yes people just say yes. And, and, and you have to be careful when you strike a church council or board or when you get a group together to do something. You don't want to fill that up with yes people. Because yes people are very comfortable when you have a bad idea, just as they are when you have a good idea. So a, a, a room full of yes people. Jesus didn't want, he doesn't want. He's never wanted a room full of yes people. Do you know that? He doesn't want you to be a passive, empty-headed disciple. He doesn't want you to stay there in your sheepness. He wants to shepherd you out of that. He's not interested in prodding you. That always turns into bullying. It does. He's not interested in you being a yes person. Here's the third one, alienated. Uh, sorry, sorry, pragmatic is the third one. Wait and see. They don't back the new. They, 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 they don't, you know, not too much controversy. Kind of sit in the background. The pragmatist is the one who just waits and sees. I'll, I'll vote when 51% have cast their vote. You can count on me then, but not until. Jesus doesn't really want pragmatists who wait and see. He wants more. Here's the fourth category. It's the alienated. They're negative. They're opposed to the leader. They're opposed to the group. They think they deserve to, to lead themselves, and they're not being allowed to lead, and they often disdain leadership altogether. That's toxic. That's toxic. And you know, in the Jesus story, that's often where the Pharisees were kind of standing. They, they had all this kind of churn of... of, of of alienation from God's deeper purposes and, and, and confusing that with their traditions and their designs on the people. And that's why they often appear to be bullies in the story. The, the, the Pharisees are often bullies and, and they line themselves up with the Romans who were bullies. Not, 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 not because it, it, of, 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 of kind of empty-headedness. No, no they're, 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 they're trying to kind of the Romans wanted to bring peace. It's just that they would torture you if you didn't see it their way. And the Pharisees wanted God's kingdom to come. It's just that they had, they had a dogged pathway of law and legality to bring that about. And, and, and what Jesus is saying to his followers is push pause and ask, who are you following? These emotions, these thoughts, these actions. Jesus says, follow me. And I will be to you a good shepherd who will heal your emotions and I will be to you a great teacher who will fill your head and heart with the best of life. Here's the star follower. This is Robert Kelly, um, Carnegie Mellon University. Uh, after all of his research, here's the star follower. If you're ready to sign up, uh, listen to this. He says, star followers are positive, they are active, they are independent thinkers. They can succeed when the leader is not present. These are people who can keep on following, practicing wisdom, serving the, gr the group, even when the leader is not in the room. 
Those are the star followers we want in business, yes? Those are the star followers we want in politics and education. And those are the star followers we want in the mission of Jesus Christ. Who even when Jesus is not bodily present, these disciples will keep on serving, keep on going, keep on doing what they're called to do. Even when we have those moments in our journey when we feel that the God who promised never to leave us is somehow inaccessible. He's not taking calls right now. When we have those moments where we feel that the, you know, Jesus who said, I'll be with you to the end, seems, seems to be just not, not available for conversation, we know what to do because the good shepherd, having healed our emotions, the good teacher, having filled our hearts, has set us up to be, to be active, engaged thinkers. That's what Jesus wants. He wants followers who keep following, who know how to continue on the journey because of everything that they've learned. Let me just read you a paragraph from my book. Um, the, the fascinating ministry of Jesus. Um, he, he calls these, 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 these young men to come and follow him. So, find my place here. When Jesus began his ministry, the first thing he did was get a band together. Young men... Jesus, the young men Jesus recruited soon found themselves at the center of an amazing journey. They discovered their place in Israel's great story and their own lives began to make sense in a whole new way. They were part of something so much bigger than they had ever imagined. And their little group of 12 was a sign of God's work in the world, a tiny province of the kingdom of promise. Then when Jesus returned to the Father, he did a very significant thing. He broke up the band and sent them off to start new communities of hope so that more and more people could find their place in God's family. Following Jesus is a lifelong engagement. And following Jesus is not about getting in one safe place, hunkering down and hiding away from everything. That's not what following Jesus is. Following Jesus is going out into all the dis most disturbed places of our culture and having Jesus with us to lead us and to guide us and to be an influence in that place for his kingdom purposes. Following Jesus is about going to our studies and to our workplace, going into our family and engaging in the sporting clubs that we're, we're a part of and, and taking this kingdom promise. And how in the world are we going to do that in such a broken, fear-filled, challenged world where we're going to have to push pause and we're going to have to reflect on who am I following right now in this place, right here at work? These feelings, these thoughts, these actions. Because when you're at work, there's a thousand things that want to lead your emotions, yeah? Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff going on that wants to reach right into your heart and hook onto something and drag you this way and that way. What's leading your emotions? There's a whole lot of thought processes. You go off to university, you sit in the class, they're putting new thoughts in your face every day and challenging everything you ever thought you knew. Push pause. Who's leading my thinking right now? The great teacher wants to speak a deeper wisdom into your heart and life. And he doesn't want to call you into a, to a closed-up cluster. He wants to set you free to live the most abundant and wonderful life. 
in this world serving his incredible purposes and his incredible, his incredible mission. So these actions, these actions. Who am I following right now? God has a purpose for each of our lives. He has a calling upon us and wants us to engage in places of service everywhere in the world. To follow Jesus is not simply to come to church and sing the songs, to gather in a beautiful place like this and encourage one another. This is such an important part of our journey, such an important part of the story of being God's people in the world. But the really exciting stuff happens when Ruth uh, steps into her family and then into the playgroup space and engages with, with community people who are not yet followers of Jesus, eh? The really exciting stuff happens when you find yourself at your workplace and you, you ask another Christian to support you and you find a person of peace in that workplace. You find somebody who has the values of Jesus even though they don't name the name of Jesus yet. And you find yourself praying for work colleagues. You find yourself leaning in and looking at some of the dysfunction in the workplace and you start to pray and ask God, how can I be an answer to this dysfunction? How can I bring hope to this workplace? How can I show people a different story? And how can I bring God's kingdom values to this place now? What's going to lead you in those actions? The Lord Jesus Christ, the son of the creator. That's what's going to lead you in those actions. What's going to lead you into that place where you lean into a family situation and everything's broken, you know, and families have so much brokenness and you should never come to church and try to hide your family's brokenness. You should come to church and find safe people and tell them, my family is broken. And they'll tell you, my family's broken too. They'll either tell you that or they'll lie. And, 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 and in that space where we find trust and comfort, we can care for each other. We can support each other. We can pray for each other. We can make our plans. We can make our, 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 our mission more clear. And we can, we can sort of stir up the courage to say, I'm going back into my family this week and I'm going to speak about that thing that isn't wrong with gentle, that isn't right, that, that wrong in our family with gentleness and with humility and with care. And I want you to pray because I don't know how it's going to go. It might go well. It might not go well. But somebody has to speak. And I believe I have to speak. Who's going to lead you there? The Son of God. Jesus is going to lead you there. And he's not going to forsake you when you're there. And when you're in that place, just push pause and ask, who's leading me now? Because these feelings, oh my goodness, you will feel scared. These, these thoughts, oh my goodness, you'll write 10,000 scripts and they'll all be wrong. These, these actions... You're going to have all kinds of interests vying on you, trying to pull you, trying to lead your emotions, trying to lead your thinking, trying to lead your actions. And Jesus says, follow me. I want to teach you to fish for people. Follow me. I want to show you how to be an impact in the world, how to change this world. And when, when I am with you, wherever you are in this week, I will be a good shepherd to you. When you start to feel stuff that is, you know, yanking your chain and you're thinking, oh, just ask the good shepherd to lead you. Ask him to put his peace and his promise inside you. Don't be led by the news. Don't be led by the stories of the bullies. And, and, and when you are trying to, you know, think it through and work it out, know that Jesus is a good teacher. The early, the early 
the early Israelites were amazed at his teaching. Have you been amazed at his teaching recently? Have you leaned in, spent time in his word, opened your heart in prayer, and welcomed not just the theoretical theology, but the teaching that will apply to your situation right now? The way in which God will show you from the word how to behave in that workplace, how to, how to respond to that family crisis, how to engage in that community challenge. He is a good teacher. And he will, he will give you wisdom. And then he will, he will lead you in your actions. He will bolster your courage. He will give you capacity. And he will enable you. Can you imagine living in a community where hundreds of people lived like that? Where instead of waking up every morning saying, whoa, my feelings are taking me on a ride today. I don't know what to think. I think I'll read some social media. I'll think that. Oh my goodness, I don't know what to do. I better do something. Let's do something. Bang. Instead of that, instead of that, a group of people, hundreds of people, wake up in the morning and they push pause and they say, right, who's leading? Who's leading now? Who's leading today? Who's going to lead my emotions? Oh, good shepherd, lead my emotions. Who's going to lead my thinking Great teacher, lead my thinking. Who's going to lead my actions? Sovereign Lord, lead my actions today. What a, what a community that would be if we could affirm today and just, just renew our passion to be those star followers of the Lord Jesus Christ who aren't shut down in our thinking and, and, and tied up in our emotions and lost in our actions, but are in, in fact of people being healed by the grace of Jesus, where our inner thoughts and inner feelings are being guided by the God of this universe, and where we don't get lost in fear, but we actually feel the peace of God. That's on offer this morning. I want to invite you to just pray in your hearts as I wind this up. Do you need a good shepherd to lead your emotions today? His peace is on offer. His grace, his forgiveness is on offer. And, and, and he, can, he can do amazing things in us. And your thought life, he's an amazing teacher. And the actions that you have to take this week, he is a sovereign Lord who knows where all of history's going and wants to hook into your life and lead you on the most amazing journey. Let's just quiet our hearts before God and invite that, uh, that lordship of Jesus, that, 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 that invitation that he makes, to follow him. Let's hear that clearly this morning and welcome it and surrender our lives, our lives to it in fresh ways. Let's make a commitment, shall we, to push pause often in the day, to ask ourselves, who am I following right now? These, these feelings, these thoughts, these actions, who am I following right now? Lord Jesus, how we love you, how we praise you, how we celebrate that you are our good shepherd, our great teacher, our sovereign Lord. And how we celebrate the fact that you, you will never leave us, you will never forsake us. Lord, we live in a world where there are bullies on every side. We live in a world where there are agendas that are not your agenda. We live in a world that would cause us discomfort. And we know within our own souls there is this, this sheep-like tendency to get so lost. Lord, how we thank you that you see the harassedness of our culture. You know the helplessness of our own lives. And you are a great and glorious and loving Savior. Lord, be to us today a, 
a good shepherd. Heal our emotions and lead us in this week to come, God. Give us a deep sense of your peace, your shalom in our hearts and your grace in the world. Lord, be to us a great teacher. Show us what we need to see. Teach us. Give us wisdom. Give us help so that we can be parents who parent out of your leadership and not out of our lostness. Father, be a teacher to us so that we can go to our workplaces and dare to lean in with courage and sacrifice and commitment and bring help and, and, and bring, bring a kind of service that honors your kingdom. And Lord, Lord God Almighty, you are sovereign in all the world. It is right that we should follow you with every action, with every deed, with the whole of our lives. So take, take hold of us today, Lord, and lead us. Lead us in a new way. Bolster our confidence. Give us courage that it is right to follow you. It is wise to follow you. It is redemptive to follow you. And the whole world needs us to follow you. Lord, we commit ourselves this morning in fresh ways to respond to what Peter and James and John heard beside the sea. The gentle voice of Jesus saying, come, follow me. Leave what you're doing. Leave those emotions, those thoughts, those actions behind and follow me. And as they did, the whole world has changed. God, we want Melbourne to change. We will follow you. We want our families to change. So we will follow you. On our workplaces, our sporting clubs, our streets, our neighborhoods to change, God, for your goodness, for your glory, for your honor. And so, Lord, we will follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.